This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. Germany's Long 8G is a family-owned and run business that has developed through the years into one of the larger and more influential players in the pro-AV market, particularly in Europe. Operating as both a supplier for rentals and the staging market, as well as a distributor for systems integrators. The company is run by Tobias Long, who based on a couple of chats, clearly has both passion and deep knowledge of the sector, business demands, and both the state and opportunity of emerging display technologies. We had a 30 minute plus conversation that flew by getting into a bunch of things, including the potential for projection systems, which these days don't get anywhere near the attention of LED displays. We also spent a lot of time talking about LED and how he thinks that technology isn't necessarily supplanting LCD. From his perspective, he thinks LCD and LED technologies are actually merging. Have a listen and he'll explain. Tobias, thank you for joining me. Can you give me a rundown on what your company uh, is all about, what it does, and uh, its, its background? Yeah, thank you, Dave. Um, Lang AG is a video-only company, which is doing B2B only, which means we cover both verticals, which is rental and staging and system integration. So as a dry hire company, we supply mostly the European rental and staging market with big projectors, uh, with LED screens, with cameras, with cam converters, whatever you need in video. Mm -hmm. And as a distributor, we supply both rental companies and system integrators uh, with the staff um, of the manufacturers we work with, uh, those like Epson, Panasonic, several LED manufacturers, uh, to supply the modern technology uh, to them uh, in a good way to consult them, which is fitting uh, to each other. Right. Uh, what, how, what amount of your business would you describe as being involved in digital signage? Well, first of all, um, if you look um, at the turnover of Lang AG, um, we do have companies in Switzerland, Spain, UK, and Germany, which is the biggest. Germany did a bit more than 80 million last year, and 60% of this um, is uh, done by sales. So if you look to digital signage, which is part of sales, you mm -hmm. see this is a significant number, maybe overall 15 to 20% of our business. Okay. And, and the, the business itself is in kind of in the orbit of Cologne, that area? Yeah, we are um, spotted in the Western part of Germany. Um, we have everything in Germany in one warehouse, like we have this in, in Zurich in Switzerland, in Barcelona in Spain and in London in UK, uh, because um, it's very important for our customers to have the opportunity of a one-stop video strategy. Okay. And 
how long has the company been around? We are now 45 years old. My father, when um, my brother was born, said, hey, I have uh, three kids now. I should start something serious. He founded the company in 1978 um, without any other ideas because he loved um, uh, stuff like DR projection in this time. And then um, by yeah, the evolution of technology, we ended up uh, to be uh, where we are today. And were you kind of groomed to run the company one day or were you doing other things and decided to you know, go into the family business? Well, um, I worked for the company as a child, um, which is typical for a family business. Um, then I tried to step away a bit. Uh, I, I studied mathematics. Um, I founded a software company. Um, I did some interesting things. Um, uh, the, the, this stuff is still existing and um, I still have my chairs. But at one point I decided that it is a great opportunity to join the family business, Lang AG. And to be honest, this was um, maybe one of the best decisions in my life. I love what I'm doing. That, that always helps, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Uh, is there a particular market where you're seeing a lot of activity right now and and is it evolving? Yeah, surprise uh, for sure um, over the last two years um, is um, this immersive um, art um, experience um, vertical um, projection uh, was told to be dead or, or going down. Um, five years ago, 10 years ago. And what we were able to see um, over the last month is um, that projection is, is growing. Um, and we enjoyed this because we love projection. And um, this is based on all these immersive um, experience um, setups, which are done um, worldwide, most right. based on art. But um, we believe other verticals will follow. So these are, these are effectively entertainment venues? So far, yes. Uh, but we believe um, that corporate will use um, similar setups um, for brand experience, stuff like this. And those venues, and I, I've been in at least a couple of them, they work because they're darkened. They're, they're purpose-built, and you can kind of tr control the lighting and everything else. When you get into a corporate environment, that becomes more challenging. But is the technology catching up in terms of laser light uh, brightness? Uh, the the the, the project, projection engine is getting smaller and detached. The projection head being away from the uh, the rest of the equipment and so on. This is a um, challenge for sure. But if you look at the most um, installations. Um, most of the projectors are around 10,000 lumens and you could um, use brighter projectors and there are opportunities um, from technology side to, to set up um, even brighter projectors than we have today. The, the brightest projector um, at the moment for the event market or the integration market is 50,000 lumen. You could easily, or you could go above um, it's it's a question about the demand, how much um, this will will rise, 
but I believe we will see this uh, too, because um, if you look at the pavilions of Dubai Expo, um, two-thirds of this, these pavilions um, used projection over LED because of the flexibility of the technology. Mm -hmm. LED is a strong um, technology and a strong growing technology, but there will always be room for projection because of the flexibility. For example, the setup time of a projector. Um, don't underestimate this. Yeah, it, it used to be for projection mapping and edge blending and everything else. That was like a lot of work and a lot of mathematics and everything else. And now it's you can do it in software quite quickly from what I understand. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's yeah. true. Makes a huge difference. The thing I like about projection is the way it can just kind of arrive uh, and, and be unexpected versus if it's you know fixed hard physical displays you know there's something there in most cases with the exception of like places like the comcast tower but with with led or pardon me with the projection you know you can have a wall that all of a sudden is is a digital canvas yeah and our understanding of um, the word screen will change um, mapping is a good example um, we use buildings as screens yeah so uh, decades ago we we had a television at home and this was uh, uh, the screen for us. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we see a change is happening and we see different dimension of screens. And um, in this uh, flexible uh, world, um, we will use uh, projectors too. Um, more and more, um, uh, in, in our world will be LED and will be covered with some, some kind of display, but where we don't have a display, we could add um, a projection screen um, to add some value. Is, is the uh, partner uh, reseller market and as well as the end user market uh, getting more sophisticated? Do they understand this technology more or as part of the role of your company doing education and, and kind of holding their hand? I think it is both. Um, this, this is always about technology that uh, you have um, uh, different layers. First, um, you have to um, train the experts. Uh, you have to give an understanding of uh, the possibilities. And then you need to set up um, a discussion about um, opportunities um, for the creative people and then uh, demands are rising and um, there's some latency in this uh, process as you could um, feel from immersive art experience and um, the change to other verticals and I, I believe um, that they're by nature and you can't change it. From what I saw of your website you, you have a lot of technical people on board uh, people who can you know pull apart devices and get down to the board level with them and everything else is that a bit unusual i i wouldn't say um this is unusual what is maybe unusual that we have um technical staff which can decide every single day what they want to do because um to do some service and stuff like this um it is necessary sometimes but um, we drive an R&D team, uh, which um, is absolutely free uh, to, to take a choice, what they believe is important for us tomorrow. So 
the, the market expects from us um, to give a feedback of future uh, technology. And therefore, we have to um, look deep with our partners into product planning and um, technology. And this is what we love. And I think that's within our organization um, a great um, uh, job opportunity if you join one of those teams. So when you say you're doing R&D, you're not coming up with your own products, it, it, I, I assume, or am I getting that wrong? No, we are not a manufacturer, but we have to set up solutions sometimes. So what we try to do is we add value um, to a product. For example, in the US market, uh, most people know us as the cage company, as we did all the projector frames. Um, and they they saw almost thought for a while this is our business what we um, did in reality is uh, that we looked after a solution for our projectors to use them in rental and we added a mechanical solution on top um, for other um, products we add batteries as a solution um, to run wireless um, now we we added some drone business because we believe if you are strong in in mappings and you supply media servers and high brightness projectors to the markets, you should cover the pixels in the sky in future too. Mm -hmm. It also means you're future proofed. Future proofed is a hard word. Um, let's say we <laughs> are interested into the future, how it will go. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can never be totally proof because it moves so fast. That's true. Yeah. And I, I would assume that when you're doing all this value-added engineering work, it's in part that in, in order to service a customer and address a project, you can't wait on uh, the marketplace, uh, the, the suppliers to just develop something that, that and, and put it on their roadmap to serve your needs. Sometimes you just have to do it yourself to make it all happen. Well, yeah, um, you have to bring together the information um, of the need of the market um, on the one hand and um, the possibility um, what's what's on technical side um, thinkable on the other hand. So we have to bridge between our customers and uh, the manufacturers um, and it depends um, on, on the demand or the project if we... Um, can set up um, this in as, as a first use in a project uh, more often, uh, to be honest. Um, in the first project, um, you understand the need, but the solution is not available yet. Um, but you learned from it to bring it back to the discussion of product planning, future roadmap, and then you can um, return with the right solution for the future because if there is a, a need in AV for for a solution, um, this will um, hit you a second, a third a time and so on. Are, are you in front of end user customers at all or is or your team uh, or, or is that something that you kind of stay at arm's length? We try and I believe we are mostly invisible so most of the end customers in in the european market have no clue we are existing um if our customers rent material from us it's just a gray case without any brand of language and i i assume that's your your business partners prefer it that way they want to own the customer 
Yeah, we always say we are in behind. We let the show to our customer. And um, I think those um, who like this um, come back to us. And um, we, we understand this as one of our values, yes. When we were talking ahead of turning the uh, recording on, you were, you were talking about one, one of the things that your firm does is you you work hard to try to forecast what will be possible and what matters and, and what the need is of the marketplace. That, that, that's got to be challenging just because of the way technology shifts and also you know, there's so many different factors as to what the marketplace wants, in, including you know, the, the war in Ukraine and supply chains and everything else that have happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, in the past, uh, like like 10 or 15 years ago, it was um, much more easier to drive uh, a mid-sized family business. Um, but by today, um, with the experience of a pandemic, of, of such a war um, influencing uh, the supply chains, um, you have to make sure that you have an understanding of um, the global world and the effects uh, which are happening uh, for your industry. So we try to to be in shape around this. Um, for the, the actual situations, we handle this quite well. Um, it is easier if, if you always love to to ask yourself what's new, what's next, um, because then you are flexible and agile uh, enough to change fast. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Some of the uh, trends that I, I've been hearing a lot of discussion uh, about uh, moving manufacturing out of China into other countries, uh, having you know storage warehouses, uh, different different methodologies for shipping and everything else. Has has that been critical to kind of weather the last two three years? I wouldn't say critical, but it is part of the game. And um, this is uh, mostly a discussion around um, LED. Mm -hmm. And um, in the end, um, you have to understand that even if you produce um, an LED panel in Europe, uh, there will be still parts um, which will be supplied from Asia. Uh, so it's, it's only bringing the challenge um, to to a different class um, regarding customer rules, uh, customs rules. Um, so it, it is a bit about politics um, because it depends what the European Union will change um, um, in, in the rules of customs. I think there is a, is a similar story in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was at the Munich Digital Signage Summit Europe, 
one of the areas that was discussed quite a bit was green signage and sustainability. Are, has, is that factoring into how you do business? Yeah, a lot. And, and this is rising fast and, and I believe there's no stop uh, on it. So it will continue to rise. Um, uh, through every single uh, supply chain, you have to report uh, what you do regarding sustainability. Um, you have to explain yourself in, 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 in future um, much more intensive, much more often uh, how you, uh, you face this challenge. And um, as a company, it's very important that you have to accept um, these circumstances and then mm-hmm. um, you should work on it. Uh, energy management and energy conservation and, and, and cutting energy costs were something that were around prior to uh, the Ukraine war and, and everything that kind of bubbled out of that. But uh, ha- has that really heightened in the, in the last year and a half? Yes, uh, there is um, a different pace um, uh, of this change. I, I'll give you an example. Um, um, last September, um, there was a new rule by the European Union um, that um, all signage um, displays have to be turned off in Germany between, I think, 22 and 6 o'clock, so 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and most LED screens uh, were, no, were never built to be turned off. So they just used a black image to be turned off. But in reality, um, they, they were still running. Right. So this was a challenge no one was prepared to. And I think it's sustainable and good that we now have the discussion how uh, to manufacture an LED screen, which is easy, uh, honestly speaking, um, which you can turn off every day. Yeah, I didn't even know that until I, I was at the Munich thing, because you, know, you just assume it's it's a display. You, it, there's an on-off. <laughs> and why is it uh, difficult for them to kind of be turned down or turned off and then turned back on gracefully? Honestly, in the most uh, installations, um, those um, those screens um, were done modular, which is no surprise because it's it's cheaper in transport. And then you set up the screen and you do some kind of addressing. And not all uh, screens um, understand the addressing um, once once you turn uh, the screen on. So um, the result is, um, if you turn the the screen off, um, you could turn it on again, but um, you could need an LED technic in, uh, too, uh, because the dressing is no longer working. Uh-huh. Uh, just, just simple things, but um, this is just a different way of thinking. Because in the past, um, people were consulted um, to to let the screen run. Right, and uh, are there workarounds? Uh, is this all being addressed? Yes, uh, there are some some workarounds out there. Um, there's a lot ongoing, and I believe um, uh, this story will be done um, in in 12 to 18 months completely. It is a learning curve, uh-huh. and um, it also shows um, um, the strengths of our industry that uh, we can adapt fast. Um, we can do a lot regarding sustainability because we can save energy quite fast if we focus on the right questions Mm -hmm. Um, 
in in an absolute way of thinking um we are maybe not uh, the greenest uh, industry but um in relation from year to year um we improved so much uh, that we can be proud as an industry what we are doing is it a hardware fix that you know puts an intermediary device or is it a software fix or is it like the new generation of like Novastar controllers and so on that will get around that so in in the in the first step it is a hardware fix um, what is done now and in the second step it will be mostly a software fix okay so what, one of the things that uh, I read in another article uh, that, that was attributed to you was and, and we were talking ahead of this discussion you, you were saying how LED and LCD will merge and I, I was thinking okay it, it kind of is because LCDs are using LED as their backlighting and so on but you're, you're, you're talking about something different here right yes um, first of all I have to mention that uh, it is tremendous what is happening in 2023 uh, in the LED market when I went to ISE uh, I was surprised how many manufacturers talked about micro LED um, based and, on. And some of it actually was true micro LED. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> th that's true. But um, in before of, of this year's ISE, it looked like um, all the manufacturers in, in high resolution LED were going um, chip on board technology. Mm -hmm. And and then Seoul uh, Semiconductors. Um, uh, offered um, a micro LED package, so a package again, with, where you could uh, do pick and place like with SMDs um, to produce um, an, an LED panel. And a lot of um, companies uh, looked into this and uh, announced that where they will have a product in future based on this technology. And I wondered, okay, um, uh, is, is this um, even before CUB has has started uh, to come to the top, at the end of CUB, because uh, there is a superior technology. Um, this is still an open question. I can't answer mm -hmm. it by today, um, but it shows how interesting it is. And um, the the comment about um, uh, LED and LCD merging is is based on the fact that now. Um, Nearly every former LCD manufacturer, like the, the Chinese BOE, is joining the LED race um, because everyone is accepting that there will be a lot of replacement from LED um, uh, of former LCD um, installations. And um, based on this um, challenge, a lot of LCD um, manufacturers um, asked themselves uh, how to use the stuff they did in the past. and they found out that if they use the transistor film, they they have an LCD. They could uh, supply active matrix uh, solutions um, based on LED um, as, as the video source. Um, so driving every single pixel by a transistor um, to get a value as a product, which is superior of what we know. So I believe we will see screens which are more flexible, more transparent than we are used to. And this is um, incredibly interesting because it will change our understanding of the word display and screen um, to have just one dimension um, 
in in a four by three or sixteen by nine screen, um, we will think or we have to start to think completely um, different. And the funny thing is that the concept of active matrix and passive matrix, I, I don't know, maybe thirty years old or whatever, mm. um, was was there um, as long as I um, in the industry, but. Um, it was always too expensive to drive every single pixel and there were no advantages. But now it seems active matrix um, became reachable um, mm -hmm. in, in a price range and um, supplies added values because you get so light uh, products, so flexible products. and. Um, for example, the hype um, of the um, of the transparent LED Max Wave we saw at the last shows. Um, yeah. This is one of the rising stars. Um, this is a good example, or, or the Taiwanese uh, Panel Zemi, which was um, um, yeah, um, yeah shown first time at CES 2022, and which was hyped a lot after that. Mm -hmm. um, gives us uh, a first look uh, and a first understanding what what could be the future what could be possible and i'm pretty sure that um, we we will see many more products uh, based on this technology not everyone uh, to to be honest um, agrees that this is the way to go so um, there are some manufacturers which believe um, uh, passive matrix is still the way to go, but there are also a lot of manufacturers which believe in active matrix. Um, so it is very interesting to follow this discussion and to see um, every single move of, of, of the different manufacturers. And this is, for example, for me, a strong argument why it is wrong as a market player just to visit one show a year. That's the reason yeah. why you have to show ISE and Infocom because uh, the the different level of information you get at the different shows um, by the different timing um, is helping you so much by by facing these questions. And also display week, arguably. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Uh, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I, I, when you're talking about TFT, does that limit uh, the dimensions and shape of the uh, displays to kind of how LCD is made right now in terms of having uh, mother glass and the largest display you're going to get is 105 inch or does is that not really in, in play here? Yeah, I'm not an expert, to be honest, um, mm -hmm. on, on LCD factories. Um, what is the limitation of the size? Is it the glass? Is it the TFT? Um, is it a combination? Um, uh, but for sure, this will have an influence on active matrix products. Um, for example, at MaxWife, um, it's um, it's about the drivers, um, uh, the number of pixels you, you could reach. It's not about the transistor. So um, this question um, will be answered um, by yes, maybe if you have really high resolution products, mm -hmm. um, and maybe by no, if you have lower resolution products. Because you do a lot of work uh, in the rental market, uh, equipment that's going to be put up and torn down repeatedly, you have to think a lot about durability, right? Yes, that's true. Um, and, and redundancy. This is one of the the main challenges, um, if we face now AV over IP, 
which will come into our market for sure. Mm-hmm. And we believe based on, on SEMPTI and IMP, IPMX. Um, but um, it, it is a, um, a change. Um, uh, and people in event, they want to be sure that everything is working out. Because if you look um, at a modern event, um, what what kind of amount of, of setup timing those professional players have left, it's quite tight. And they need to be sure that everything is working. Mm-hmm. And um, therefore, um, we have to understand that our role is uh, to make their work as easy as possible. So uh, having chip on board and, and things with hardened or more durable surfaces and having lightweight uh, grid-based systems, even down to something like uh, the MuxWave product, which is you know super thin and would go up and down pretty easily. That, that stuff, I, I assume, is pretty attractive. Yeah, that's that's one of the the arguments we believe uh, you will see those um, solutions in in rental and staging too, uh, because there are advantages in rental and staging regarding transport cost, which, which is also um, a question which is um, regarding sustainability very important. And then uh, it is an advantage quite often in in setup timing. Um, so um, there will be a mix, um, and and this is somehow in in our life um, so incredible that you can always learn from one vertical to the other. Um, so sometimes technology which which is um, done for integration will be helpful in uh, event and staging, uh, and vice versa. Uh, last question. This the time flew here. Uh, I, I'm curious if there's a project that you've seen in the last year or so, uh, digital signage or pro AV in some way, where you thought, okay, that's really good. That's where this is all going. Well, um, as you um, could imagine, I I was involved in in, in several uh, projects, and I don't want to, to mention um, any uh, particular uh, out of this. But um, mm-hmm. I can I can tell you, I'm really looking forward to, to come to Vegas to the to see the fair by myself um, in real life because um, I did some running um, when they were setting it up. Um, uh, while different shows in the morning, and I always passed by. And um, when I saw um, the first um, images on social media, I was excited. And this is for sure a big thing. Um, and uh, like I think everyone in the industry, I I uh, would love to see it in real life. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that in uh, December when I go to Digital Signage Experience. It's it's I've been watching it for a while now, and actually trying to do a podcast with them and maybe one day they'll say yes. <laughs> I, I will I will for sure listen to this podcast. Yes, uh, absolutely. It's a, the, the company that's the LED supplier is the same one that uh, put the LEDs on the Burj in Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Yeah. Montreal company. Yeah. All right, uh, Tobias, thank you very much for spending the time with me. Much appreciated. Dave, thank you for um, having the interest, and I enjoyed every single second. Perfect. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. 
If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 16.9 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 16.9 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 16.9, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 16.9 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 16.9, the blog, and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.